Um, well, if you, in my, in my approach, if I have to buy a book that needs to be brilliant, it needs to be. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, I, I wouldn't buy a book. Charlie, you, you now well, see how opposite our goals are because I'll just see a book and go, hmm, a pound, and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say let's say it this way: there's a book I think we should all read, um, because for starters, is it's a Margaret Atwood book. Okay. So, that's a good start. Yeah, I like how you both go, okay, <laughs> immediately <laughs> sold. <laughs> um, yeah. And instead of, of being one of her fiction books, it's, um, well, it's a nonfiction. So it's, I, I forgot, ooh, it's called ooh. Dead and something, something. And it's about money, how debt works, how we don't understand debt and money. Mm -hmm. She also talks like I, I've never read it, um, but I, I saw recently a, a long interview from when it came out when she was like not old, <laughs> like she wasn't she, young, she was sort of but not old. <laughs> You're doing well, Alfonso. You're doing well. <laughs> and she's talking about it, and th I think this was around the time of the 2008 crash. Mm -hmm. And she's talking. Uh, she also talks about how you know all of. Uh, literature is around money and and yeah so it's essentially just how we really really misunderstand money and you know folklore stories and how they relate to money and how it's it shapes all of our understanding of the world and um, I forgot how why I started mentioning this but it was something you said <laughs> about whatever spending money um, but yeah she makes the point of like um, old Victorian romances are nothing to do with romance they're all really about money right um yeah financial, i mean you have to, it, yeah financial ability in security yeah yeah exactly. i mean you just have to watch you know little women the uh, uh the recent version of what Greta Gerwig made it's it's all about this yeah in in that time about in the big romantic you know in right. marriages I, I, and I didn't everything know this but she's another yeah. brilliant one like she fucking, she's amazing um, but yeah, she talks about uh, Wuthering Heights and um, you know great expectations and all of this. Mm -hmm. And you know she's like, you know, it, it's all about money. Like that's it. And and the idea is that um, how we misunderstand money, how we think it's something separate from us. And she's like, money is 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 a means to an end that we created, and somewhere along the way we forgot or. I don't, she doesn't necessarily say this. This is me adding my reading of what she's saying, but we forgot or conveniently were um, thought a different version to relate differently to money. You know, like we react like, you know, it's got its own will and it's something you've got to chase and accumulate. And it's like money is not even meant to be accumulated, it's meant to be circulated. That's the whole purpose of it, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, that, it's meant to always be changing hands. Exactly, and she made a, a in this interview that I, I saw. She made a really, really um, interesting reference, and she she says, uh, "What's what's the bad thing about um, dragons? You know, is dragons pile all of the gold and sit on it." And the problem is not they're taking gold because they're dragons. What the fuck do they care about gold? The problem is that they sit on it. And then it's just there. And it's not, that's why dragons are a bad thing, you know? And you know, I, I doubt anyone like 
so clearly laid out this line when the, the legend started, but it makes perfect sense, you know? They're the villain in the stories because they get all of these riches and then they just slip on top of those. And mm-hmm. the hero comes, kills the dragon, and then uses all the money and like saves the village and whatever, you know, because it circulates again in the local economy. And that's it's kind of that's why we should all be communist. <laughs> I see what you're saying. The bourgeoisie is the problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, not that I disagree with your reading, but it's not quite where I was going. <laughs> you know, not bad, not bad. Because the bourgeoisie don't really sit on their money, do they? Like they, you know, they get assets. I they... think if you look at Jeff Bezos, yeah, they do. <laughs> he does I mean, not know. I mean, spending a little bit of it. He does not sit on it, though. I believe he's... Have you seen there's a meme online where someone's going, so, Jeff, what do you want to be when you grow up? He goes, I want to be a dragon. And they're like, that's a stupid idea, Jeff. And then it cuts, like, 40 years later, and it's him just sitting in, like, a vault on top of a load of money, just sleeping, like, hugging it. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. I think that's part of what... of this wrong perception perception we have. You know, when people say, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, he has the most network in the world. We're not saying he has the most money accumulated. We're saying he has the biggest net worth, which means that's assets he bought, that's money that circulates through Amazon, or like now he's not on it or whatever. But you know, yeah. that's investment he has moving. Well, no, because he has a personal wealth of billions, am I correct? Well, he, yes, he was the it, first one in, in last year. And the fun fact, you know, when he had his divorce, so he was the most richest person in the world, he divorced. He gave in half of his money to his wife, and he still be he's he was still the most richest person in yeah. the world. So after his he wife became his... the richest woman on the world, literally yeah. Yeah. overnight. But, but that money is not necessarily like he didn't get millions and then went okay now put them away in a vault. You know, he's like they're constantly circulating. It's not the same money. You know, like he's constantly pumping out money and pumping in money. Yeah, of course, they ordering Amazon and back and Jeff yeah, Bezos yeah, yeah. as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, that's shit. exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's some libertarian thinking there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this is how I'm it starting works. to get suspicious and of it's, what it's you're saying, fact, my brother. It's the fact that you don't understand this. That's that, the shrugged coming from you. No, there. it's because you don't understand this that you have like 50 quid in your account and Jeff Bezos has five, has five millions because he knows as soon as five, five million, millions, five millions, he's like, that's enough. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> you know, you know, that's uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. It's I've exactly enough. enough. You know that's what? It. I'm, you know, I'm done. That's good. You know, <laughs> let's call the day. I'm, I'm retired. But seriously, like, what, he has whatever amount of money that it's too ridiculous for us to even imagine, whatever. But he knows that as soon as money comes in, he's like, Ooh, I'm going to move that, you know? And I'm going to keep well, he's, being the he's, he, Though it is moving, he's still virtually sitting on it, mate. It's not he, going to the village. It's not helping the village, man. I didn't say he was going to the village. I said he's not sleeping on it, which is a very different concept. Because if no, he were, he wouldn't be the richest guy. Yeah. No, he, he's just paying a lot of tax. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Guys, stop diminishing this point. <laughs> I'm not carry saying, on with it then. I'm not saying the bourgeoisie shouldn't be eaten. You know, you know I think we should eat them. I'm just saying we, we miss the fundamental understanding of how they operate with money. 
they don't just accumulate it they move it around that's the thing you know he is moving the economy more than anyone else it's not helping anyone like that's another thing we you know we he's we, moving we, the money up not we down. hear on the news like you know move the, stimulate the economy like that's a good thing for everyone it's not a good thing for everyone it's a good thing for those who have money <laughs> you know but, <laughs> but they are doing it you know they they stimulate the economy much more than all, all of portugal could you know because they move all these millions about it's like you invest here in my friend's company and then i get some you know laundered money coming back and then I buy those, you know, blood diamonds in, in Africa or whatever the fuck they do. I don't know. But it moves about, you know, I'm like human I, organs. Yeah. Like I, I buy a statue and I leave it there and then I buy a, a luxury flat in London. So the, all the prices go up, but I never live there. You know, like they do all of this shit because the point is not to just have money sitting there because then it, it's worth nothing because if it doesn't move, it's fucking worthless. You know, money is only worth something. As a trade, right? What was what was this film with? Uh, it's from the nineties. I uh, um, it was Danny DeVito, and he had a line in it. He played like a broker or something, but someone who was interacted with big amount of money. And he said, "I I love one thing more than my money. I love others' money." <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well, well. Oh. Uh, no. I still, I still think we should. <laughs> I still think he's a dragon, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to change this misconception, we will give our bank account to Jeff. If you are don't want to be a dragon, please send us money. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will take any. I will take cash. I will take Bitcoin. <laughs> you guys need to read Alto Strike. No, I'm joking. That's not what this. <laughs> That's not what the book is about. <laughs> no, it's about deregulation and making sure that because if you do tax the billionaire, then they will not get to their full achievement of grinding the worker and making their blood oil the machine. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that book is about. Yeah. <laughs> I may have given up reading it, motherfucker, but I do know what it's about. I just guess the ending. Yeah, and rape. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but much more subtly <laughs> but not very subtly god damn wow I'm trying to think of if there's anything I've read recently that can up this but no <laughs> a daily mirror oh. or something you know, oh, god. Daily no that's what actually no daily mirror isn't as bad as some of the other papers <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know I was I was um I actually did read um oh fuck I forgot it's by Victor Hugo as well Apart from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, which I read, and then let let and Alphonse read it, and then obviously Moby Dick, and then for weeks all we had was Arr! <laughs> Oh God, Moby Dick is so good. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Sea Shepherd, by the way? I can't remember. It's it's the organization. They're they're like pirates, pretty much. They're they're yeah, they're pirates. Really, they they stop hunting uh, like whale hunting, and they literally like go out on boats. I can't remember that bit. So they are like a union or? They're uh, an activist group, environmentalist group, whatever. Like Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so like they, quite. Have, they have boats, right? And then they oh, okay. get on these boats and then they mm. go out and they like 
like they patrol and, and shit, they stop whaling boats from whaling and other things they do and like legal stuff and, and you know they, they do a lot of good <laughs> it's very hard to explain and i just had a whole thing about dragons so i'm very tired <laughs> but they're good <laughs> See, I wanted to do a whole thing about prohibition, but you, you had to do the thing about dragons. Because <laughs> you don't understand dragons. <laughs> All I understand the is they hoard wealth. Okay, yes, t- exactly. t- tell, tell us about prohibition, Adam. I'm interested <laughs> now. Fuck you, you just put me on the spot. No, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Well, tell no, me, what's, what's your so, narrative about prohibition? Well, no, so Alphonse... Or watched. better yet... Tell Charlie about Straight Edge. <laughs> what, what, what's Straight Edge? Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. What? So, We're going to have a thing here. Do we have half an Do you want hour? me to start or do you want him to start? Yeah. Guys, if Where you're going to start? sing and dance, you know, that's Straight no, Edge. But funny he made enough, a band. You but know? funny enough, this story does start with a song. There you go. Um, I so, do that. Cute. Okay. So, you know, no. Straight Edge is um, a movement in um, hardcore punk, to be precise. It's it started not quite in punk. hardcore punk, but it's, it's yeah. bigger than that. No. It's bigger. And in, some would say where it actually started, but the, where the, the, uh, the words were coined by a man by the name of Ian McKay, who was in a band called Minor Threat. Beforehand, he was in a band called Teen Idols, mostly punk bands um, or p- hardcore right. punk bands. And they come up with the idea, the first three basic principles of it is not smoking, not drinking, and not doing drugs. Wait, wait, let's, wait. What? Let's, we have to do it justice, I think. So, the thing is, Ian McKay, or Ian McKay, Ian, Ian. It's Ian, it's Ian. Ian. (laughs) Um, he has a thing on YouTube where he, he has, literally pissed yeah. at people mispronouncing his name. He's so I don't, angry. I don't know. I don't watch the thing. The fact, so, he's, the Ian, fact he's, he's like old now and still doing this just via he's YouTube. Still like, angry. Still goes, Fuck you. Uh, Ian. He's cerebral anger. Wrote this song called Straight Edge. And the song, so he, they were a part, like a big, big part of like the punk hardcore scene when it. You know, it was like Washington DC when it was like four dudes get together, play three chords, no fucking idea what a tempo is, and just smash it, right? They're punk, like way punk when punk was like happening. Mm-hmm. And it obviously like in this subculture there was a lot of like drug abuse and alcohol and because it was the whole, you know, fuck the system thing, right? But Ian looks around himself and he goes, That's fucking silly, you know. He's like, I don't want to do that because he would see guys like getting fucked up all, all, all the time and abusing drugs and they would die and, and do stupid shit and hurt each other well, and themselves. In, in one of his interviews, it was that everybody in the punk scene is trying to rebel against their parents. Yeah. What are their parents doing? They're going out and getting drunk every weekend. They take drugs. It's just they're legal drugs. And these yeah. guys are taking illegal drugs. There's no difference, really. So he kind they're of, just he kind following of... the cycle. It kind of starts getting this idea of like, you know, it's isn't it much more rebellious to like keep a clear mind and, and like elucidate yourself. And but at the same time, it's, he's just trying to say like, you know, I don't think that makes sense for me and I don't want to be doing that. Right. And in the punk scene, which is supposed to be, you know, 
leftist and you know anarchy and whatever and, and whatever you do whatever the fuck you want for him to not drink or smoke was a big deal mm. um so he writes this song called called straight edge so he came up with that term and the song literally says i'm a person just like you but i've got better stuff to do than snort coke and sit and around and, and yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> the so, living dead literally the lyrics okay so he's literally saying you know i just don't have time for that shit and instead i have straight edge so he uses that term to say like this is you know i believe this is a thing back off you know mm. and that really resonated with a lot of kids so it started a whole movement so then it was understood as what adam was saying like you know the rules of straight edge you know don't smoke don't drink don't do drugs they're the f- principles and, yeah. and then and then people also at some point added on you know no promiscuous sex although he never actually mentioned that and then, no caffeine which i think is hilarious <laughs> yeah and then later on you know when i met straight edge you know when i was like 14 it was also the thing of like the vegan straight edge you know that became a big thing so because veganism is you know, also form of activism and rebellion it it was very big in the c- hardcore scene as well and then it kind of got morphed together at some point right mm-hmm. and straight edge grew so much that then you have the wrestler who's xed up and um cm punk yes yeah, cm punk and then you, you st- it starts showing up in other things it, right? it's quite a big thing because it's a punk movement but there are also different sections of it so there's the the posy movement uh, prosy movement which is just live by positive example it's not you don't preach you just do what you want to do and then you have an entirely other set there's another section on the opposite sides which is called fsu which uh stands for fuck shit up which is well, like the to, militant to to be like just to give it a bit more detail so like it's not so much that there were two different movements in, inside straight edge it's just no like, they're two sections sorry so, i mean it's not just them but there's like the mm-hmm. thing is there's like many different straight edge grew immensely especially in that area right and then at some point FSU came up which sometimes it's fuck shit up sometimes it's friends stay united whatever well, it's friends stand united but fuck yeah yeah and so a lot of these guys were like buffed up guys who were so in they took it so personally they were like we're going to cleanse the streets well it, it so, comes from so if, if i remember correctly it's thomas so the thing is, so you get ian mckay in 1981 and he got spans through and then by 19, uh, 1989 you get uh, he he's a really good documentarian now as well and i can't remember his no it's tom something but he and a group of other guys were bouncers at clubs and they were all straight they used to go to the hardcore scene they used to go to the same shows and they realized that they were security for other places in um in um i think it was boston actually yeah cuz that's where the boston yeah, beatdowns from yeah. so mm-hmm. these guys in boston who are completely different to like the other sections of straight edge they pop up and they go right well we are they kept getting drug dealers going into the clubs that they were guarding so they became like a bigger force they were like well i listen to this music you listen to this music i don't take drugs you don't take drugs so the minute they see the drug dealer they throw them out and to stop the guys coming back in they would take the, the other guys would grab them tr- drag them wherever they need to do take their um their drugs off them and if say look if we see you again we will destroy you and the well, second time they, it happened they would pretty much like just beat guys up and they would beat them to a point that so they, they, they became like cases. this really militant like neighborhood watch 
And they mm, were like, yeah. not just we don't do drugs and shit. They were like, we will fuck you up if we see you do this. Like they were cleansing the streets, right? So this got es- started escalating to a lot of brawls and stuff until at one <laughs> point, dro- at yeah. one point, a, a guy dies. So like, you know, because drug dealers started biting back, right? Yeah, so of course. It becomes like this gang activity kind of thing. And um, there's a documentary called, called Boston Beatdown where you can see actual footage from them Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, they would like st- stitching each other up and shit like that. Because they would just go out and do this. Like, look up, look out for drug dealers. Uh, love, who's the guy in it who's like walking around in a stab vest? Like, he just goes out, he's like, yeah. every day is the same. And he just puts the, yeah. the vest on. Like, <laughs> and just goes so, out. <laughs> anyway, this led to, we're really, we're really speeding this up. Like, it's got a lot of history. But a, this led to Straight Edge in the United States being declared a gang. And then because there was this whole faction, other people started saying, okay, but we are straight edge, but we don't do that shit. We are posy. So posy yeah. just means, you know, like the kind of original straight edge thing, which is... Lead by positive you know, on Paul. Yeah, it's like, this is, you know, I don't do that stuff. That's it. You know, like I just, you know, I, I uh-huh. do that. But, and then there's, there's a bunch of documentaries on this. One really good is called Inside Straight Edge. And... Mm. It, it even shows like there's this kid who like gets a tattoo saying straight edge on his ankle and the police spot him at some point. He doesn't even know where. And it's in Reno. It's in Reno, isn't it? They yeah. pull him over and they just fucking. No, 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 him. no, no. This one, like they just, he gets a letter at home. Oh telling, yeah. yeah. Telling his one, yeah. parents he's been on a gang, wa- gang watch list because he's got gang tattoos. So now oh, in the God. United States, still straight edge is considered a gang. Right, because funny story. Um, one thing that straight edge people will do uh, is like if you go to shows. At, at at one point, it would be that if you went to shows and they're like all age shows, if you're underage, they would put an X on your hands when you go in, so they the guy at the count bar knows not to sell you drugs. Mm-hmm. So well, not sell you alcohol, actually. But uh, not yeah. sell you alcohol. Sorry, or drugs. <laughs> Uh, so straight edge people started just Xing themselves up. So it's pretty normal to like, if you go to a show and mm-hmm. nowadays it doesn't help happen that much, but if you go to a show and it's a straight edge band, people will be like, have big X's on their hands. It's like, big black X's. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the watch with the X is a big thing. Like I have one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like Swatch. I've got the jacket with a big X. So yeah, I've got Swatch, obviously it tattooed on my arm as well. Yeah. Swatch like, coincidentally made a watch that just has an X and straight edge oh. lost their shit. Like they buy that shit so much. Um, I, I saw that you guys are a big fan of X-Men or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, so the funny thing is Ian McKay, who started all this shit, fucking hates straight edge. <laughs> like, he hates it. He's like, he never wanted it to be a movement. And he's like, mm-hmm. these fucking kids, you know, I was just, the song was about myself. Like I was saying, I don't want to do these things. Shut up and leave me be. You know? Have you got his YouTube channel? I don't, but I've seen. Oh my God, it's amazing. Cause like, he, it's literally since the pandemic as well, he's gone into, he's gone on step. Like it, it, he's releasing, he obviously he's still an angry old man. Um, cause like when he was young, he was an angry old man, yeah, <laughs> but like, much. it's really like, there's a video I watched on him on why you should vote. 
it's like stuff that like because like you think like yeah i'm punk and then you say something and like you'll get all these comments like this isn't punk and he's like well no no, he doesn't care he's always been like one of the you know and that's punk as i originally knew it like when i was a kid 14 and i was going to shows like in portugal the the hardcore scene was very much like straight edge vegan politically active you know and there was this whole thing of like older guys tattooed and shit and they were like kids fucking learn you know go vote you know i don't but but they would say <laughs> go vote. you know they would say do it you know and it's always been this thing of like being punk is like being conscientious and and you know taking action and shaping your community that was the whole point and ian is very much this level of punk mm. and um yeah whenever whenever he's in like documentaries about the the punk hardcore scene and his time and stuff he hates it when people start asking about straight edge if someone goes like so what does straight edge mean and he's like fuck you and it's just like goes. <laughs> i love this so yeah. one of the one of the famous interviews as well well it would be famous around our circles um this thing rules started popping up as well that he didn't talk about like these kind of ideas like the and one no of promiscuous his, sex he's like i never mentioned any of that you know yeah yeah or oh, there was another one uh, the vegan thing as well because he's like no I, I do not agree with that either yeah. <laughs> um but the fame the funniest one i think is for some reason caffeine came in they were like you shouldn't be drinking caffeine and there's an, an interview he's he's being interviewed by somebody and he's drinking iced tea and someone comes up to him and goes, "Hey, my friend who's straight says you can't um, you can't drink um, caffeine." And he just turns around and goes, "Tell your friend to go fuck himself." <laughs> like straight, like live on camera, like live on camera, like just just boom, <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah, so it's cool, but I mean, it's it's cool. Yeah, like the when thing Henry is, Rollins calls you the most dangerous man on yeah. the planet, <laughs> that's a title. <laughs> Which for Charlie means absolutely nothing. Henry Rollins is another like punk hardcore dude. Oh, okay. We, we also like him. Um, Henry Rollins, you might have seen in a few things because he, yeah. he appears in modern in, media. Like, for example, he's in movie. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not watching the show. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of what film. He's in a few films as well, but I can't remember. Yeah. Sorry, but, but what you said, the story, it is just reminded me basically the, the guy, he's like Tom Hanks from Forrest Gump. You know, when he started running and people start to following him. Yeah, yeah. And after exactly. a while, everybody guessing about why he's running. And, exactly. you know, at one point he just stops and he's like, I'm really tired. I'm going home. And he just walk off. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what it is. Like, he never expected how big this thing would be, you know. And yeah. but the thing is that it resonated with a lot of kids. And like, you know, speaking for myself, you know, like I growing up in Portugal, I was like 13 everyone starts pushing alcohol on you like you know like everyone wants you like the older man wants you to drink with them and if like you don't <laughs> you're a faggot you know that's that's the whole thing and i drink remember like oh guy let him I, touch you it's like you know and I, I was a kid and i was like i tried alcohol and i was like okay yeah, whatever but then you know i saw other kids getting pissed in front of me and, and doing all these ridiculous shit and i was like i don't want to do that and I yeah. don't really like alcohol that much. I'm just not going to drink it. And that was, it was like fucking insane. You know, like people could not process that. And, you know, and to learn about this whole scene, especially associated to the music I liked, where it's like straight edge and it's like an act of defiance. People paint the X and stuff. It's like, yeah, fuck you. You know, that's, that's the thing, you know. So, and so it's I remember- pretty cool. I remember what, so when I did quit drinking, I did actually fall into the movement quite heavily and I did X up my hands and things like that. 
And I remember once being in a show and like, like drunk guys would come up to us and be like, just like, why aren't you drinking? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you live a boring life. And we'd be like, we live a different life, motherfucker. And like, <laughs> why? Like, guys would try like, and hit us and shit. We'd just be like, you're too drunk to fucking yeah. deal with it. The thing this, is, man. like, I, I remember, like, I didn't do any of, I didn't call myself straight edge until I was like 26 or 27 or some shit. Because you're always a late boomer. But I always, late. but I, I, always, I always associated with it, but I was kind of like, you know, uh, the, it's cool to know it's out there. But the whole image is kind of silly. But as I grew, I kept making this association of like, wow, people are really upset by you not drinking. Like that really messes them up. You know, like even as an adult, you still get that like, oh, okay, but is it like a health thing? Like, were you an alcoholic or something? You know, it's like, man, can it just be that I, can't, that I don't want to drink, you know? So when I grew up, I was like, you know fuck you, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to use the silly t-shirts and shit. I'm, if it pisses you off that much. And when they would find out you are vegan as well, that's yeah, unprocessable. That, like, <laughs> actually, no, no, being terrible. vegan is a lot more acceptable. <laughs> no, because now culture. being vegan became like a cool, trendy thing. Yeah. But being no, no. still kind of well, like no, nerdy yeah. weird. So, okay, from someone who did, was in the scene when he was younger in, in this country, I remember, like, loads of people were like, oh, vegetarian's cool. And they'd be like, oh, you're a vegetarian. I'm like, no, no, but I am straight edge. And they'd be like, what? What the fuck? Why don't you drink, man? <laughs> Why? Oh, come on, the weed, bro, the weed. Yeah, I, like, know. But I, like, I don't want to do any of that. Never the drink? weed! <laughs> and then you always get like, but have you ever been drunk? But what do you think if I get drunk? Does it annoy? It's like, dude, you do whatever. Oh man, if you, you took want, some man. weed, it would make you so much cooler. I know. Like you that haven't, you haven't right. found the right type of weed. <laughs> 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 oh man, or what? Because you like smoked it once. I've never smoked weed before. Why you never smoked weed before, bro? Weed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, calm down. Oh man, you can't listen to any of that music because it was influenced by weed. And it was like. That's not the point, motherfucker. It's I my personal care. choice. I don't care if it was. The whole point <laughs> is that it, why is it so upsetting to you that someone doesn't drink? That's and also like I'm, you know, I actually had this conversation a few days ago with Sally. It was like, you know, when there's, you know, that stereotypical image of like the feminist girl who makes every issue about feminism. Mm. I'm a little like that because I really think this is a gender <laughs> issue. <laughs> like, I really do. Because it's like, especially where I come from, like growing up in Portugal, this was so associated with your masculinity, but so much. It's like, you know, being a tiny scrawny kid who doesn't want to drink, I can't tell you how many times I got called a faggot. I mean, because <laughs> of this, you know, it's like, why? where is that coming from you know why would why is that the place where you go because i'm not drinking you know it's mm -hmm. like you're not a man enough so <laughs> that's really exciting yeah i i can sympathize about it even uh i mean not that part but uh <laughs> yeah, you're not a faggot <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but uh, uh now it's like nowadays as well yeah sometimes you know when they're saying that so what you're drinking and it was like i don't know a coke or bring some tonic or something it was like why are, are you you know do you have something health issues or you are obstinate or something it was like no i'm just don't want alcohol <laughs> that's that's it i i had my share when i was younger and i'm fine thank you i don't need alcohol anymore. <laughs> i once i once started breaking because you know you get bored like 
right? People say this shit all the time and you're going to get, if you hear an answer, or you hear the reaction, you see a reaction a hundred times, you get bored of it. So yeah. one person once, I remember was where we worked. They were like, so what are you going to get? You're going to go for a drink. I said, like, no, no, I don't drink. Like, Why don't you drink? What are you religious? And just start going, because I feel the spirit, the spirit <laughs> of the Lord in my soul. And you, while wow, you have the black spot upon here, upon here, upon here, I am in, ha, 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 I feel the spirit yeah, in I mean, doing it until they walked away. But it's you. So it's not really that weird that you start doing <laughs> that stuff, you know? It's just... <laughs> Just Adam. <laughs> it, obviously, if I didn't know you and you said like I I don't want to drink, I wouldn't assume straight edge. I would I would go like, oh yeah, because it fucks with your medication, you know. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no joke about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so I... now you know, Charlie. Now you've got straight edge. Uh, yeah, yeah. For for one second, I was considering myself. I would be perfectly fit in that but i'm not so because it's just like i have different reasons to not to drink you know it's like and and also sometimes i'm drinking once in a year or twice but the thing is the thing is that you know ian that's that's the funny thing is like um that's why ian mckay doesn't like to be asked about vegan about sorry Mm -hmm. straight edge and because he never meant it to be like a a set of rules or a yeah or a creed you know like he's i think there's been this whole thing that he dr- he drinks wine sometimes with a meal you know his mm-hmm. whole thing was just like man i want to stay like sober and you know yeah clean i, I don't yeah. want to get fucked up you know what i mean but mm-hmm. he doesn't and honestly for me is like uh like i i've never been drunk because i knew always that i didn't want to get drunk like right i was mm-hmm. very young and when alcohol came into my life i would see other people get fucked up and immediately i knew that like i don't want to do that right mm-hmm. um i know that adam has abused it a little bit in his young young days and then he was like okay right i'm done straight edge fuck it right for me like i never wanted to get drunk but i could see myself drinking like whatever i only decided to never drink because it was such an issue for everyone else you know mm. it's like you know, why is this so connected to my identity for you? You know, so I read, I would rather claim that and be, okay, then I deciding my identity, which is straight edge. Rather so than can I, can I just say there is actually a thing I now call the Alphonse um, protocol, which is <laughs> if Alphonse does something and he knows it's going to tick everybody off, he will do it more. He will lean into it more. That's like literally like it, yeah. like if you were to say that like tying like only three laces of your boots annoys everybody to the point of murder and i don't mean annoy like like come like literally like everyone's like what's wrong with you kind of thing like he will go into that he will lean harder into it yeah i will start wearing the laces in my hands <laughs> 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 